0: cast Zero Hey guys, welcome back to another Tokurific, Tokutastic episode of Fanholes Toku Thursdays. Hey, what's up guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your hosts tonight, but I am not alone. I am joined by one of my fellow Tokusatsu enthusiasts. Why don't you give a shout out and let everybody know who's here tonight?
1: Hey, this is Jinzo Ningen, Justin.
0: Yeah, so we're here. We're here, if you haven't guessed, to talk about the 16th episode of Android Kikaida. And I, I just want to point out that I have the opposite problem here. I think most people, they see, you know, Rogue and the X-Men and they write it like Rouge. And And now I feel like I have the complete opposite problem because I'm going to Probably at some point tonight, I'm going to call it the rogue jellyfish when it's the rouge jellyfish. But we're here to talk about episode 16, Rouge Jellyfish, Invitation to the River Styx, and the high-level Synopsis The high level overview from the 10,000 foot level is Destructoid Rouge Jellyfish is conducting experiments with poisonous mini jellyfish in a polluted river. Of course, the long winded Japanese title is Rouge Female Jellyfish Invites You to the River Styx. And then the Wikipedia title is The Woman Crimson Jellyfish Calls to the River Styx. Crimson and Rouge, are they the same? Or are they not the same? What are your what are your opinions about that?
1: They are the same. I okay. had that same problem though when I was reading the subtitles. I kept reading it as rogue, and I'm like, that's probably Rouge, like Mulan Rouge. It, I, it, I had to it, keep reminding myself.
0: It is Rouge, and I, I think I think we share the same problem because I'd say like 99% of morons on the internet when they write rogue's name, they write it like Rouge. So that's <laughs> that's, that's 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 not our fault. That's the fault of incompetence on the internet. That's that's all I'm gonna say about that. So We open up on a young couple in a rowboat in the middle of the night. As another young couple walks past the lake, it begins to bubble. And the giggling dark destructoid Rouge Jellyfish emerges. As the Rouge Jellyfish despises happy couples in love, she sprays them with her patented jellyfish smoke. The next morning, we see Dr. Kamoji looking out from a busy bridge with traffic. He spies a young woman named Miki picking up trash alongside the riverbank and goes to speak with her. He tells her she makes him wonder, of course in his amnesiac state, if he's ever even had a daughter, but he cannot remember. Miki tells Kamoji she cleans up the river in the memory of her late departed younger brother, Isamu before his untimely passing he would come often to the river to clean up the litter isamu ultimately slipped and presumably drowned in the filthy river their chat is eventually cut short by miki's uncle who chastises her for working for free she goes off to assist her uncle's boat rental business customers so yeah so this is this is kind of the opening we, we do get exposed to the rouge jellyfish. I'm going to keep emphasizing that because I'm afraid I'm going to call it the rogue jellyfish at some point. But what what did you think about the, the rouge jellyfish like as far as design and, and all that kind of stuff?
1: I'm not crazy about the design when I look at it. I feel like I'm looking at like a 60s hippie lamp, just the way it's shaped and... <laughs> You know those little things dangling. I'm like, this is like a hippie's lamp or something. It's just a, I don't know. It just doesn't quite work for me as a jellyfish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Now, I,
0: I it, it's not a strong, strong connection, but, but I do try to make ties to the manga whenever possible, if, if there is a connection. And, and the one thing I wanted to point out was that in volume four of the Kakita manga, there is a group of I guess, villains or nemeses or what have you called the jellyfish trio. And I, I tried to put a little little screenshot of that in there for you. But that's I mean, basically, there's there's not too much to it other than there's like this kind of gamma type spacecraft and a lots of different opponents come out of it and and end up fighting Kikaida and Zero One in the manga. And at one point there are these these three jellyfish that attack like the household that they're staying at or whatever. And so that's the only that's the only real manga tie I see to this episode. And it's very it's very tenuous. I was just like jellyfish, you know, like and it's like I remember there were three jellyfish in the manga, you know, and that's that's basically the the manga tie.
1: I thought it was kind of odd that the lovers lane in this episode, because there's actually like two couples at the beginning when they get attacked. Yeah, like yeah. the lovers lane is like the polluted river it's like hey baby you want to go make out down at the polluted river <laughs> like well, maybe, okay maybe maybe because
0: it stinks so much like like regular adult people don't go there so that's that's it's like cruising or going <laughs> to the bluff or i i don't know wherever you know you, you know when you when you take your girlfriend out to the hills or something to uh you know it's supposed to be like this secluded place so you can you know, make out in your car in private or something, I suppose. I don't I don't know. You know, I I, you know, it's interesting. I'm just going to jump ahead to some of my thoughts. But did did you think that that lover's lane aspect was going to be played up a lot more? Because I I thought, given the way the story goes, I I thought there was going to be more of it. Like, I was almost kind of disappointed. Like, I was hoping, like, you know, like those episodes of Battle Fever J, where they all go to the like, you know, I don't know. Uh, You know, slip and slide or whatever the fuck, you know, and there's all the the cute, you know, ranger girls in their bikinis and shit like that. Like, I just thought, oh, maybe there'll be more, you know, bikini clad, uh, you know, uh, Japanese cuties running around somewhere, you know, in this episode. But it seems like that that aspect of it, it's like. Rogue, see, I knew I was going to do it. <laughs> rouge, rouge jellyfish. She like, even
1: says it. She's like, I hate she, happy couples. She she hates them. Like like yeah.
0: she's she's super butt hurt for whatever reason. Like I guess I guess the male jellyfish never gave her the time of day, or like or she just she she she's not about that. You know, she's like you know she's like asexual power or something. Like I don't know what her deal is, but like she clearly hates that shit. And like and and it, it's more along the lines of like like an Ursa in in Superman two, where it's like she gets some perverse pleasure out of you know like ursa wants to see men like crippled and dead and all that other stuff and it seems like like rouge jellyfish like wants to see happy couples like just get tortured and mutilated and stuff like that like like she's got some some kind of complex about it and i just thought i just thought given like some of her statements later you know like that that there, there would be maybe more of that. Like, but that that they would, you know, I don't know, they would go to Tokyo and they they would see like tons of couples and they'd try to, you know, I guess you know, kill them all or whatever. And it it, it seems like the plot is there, but it it barely gets that far. Like they barely scratch the surface of that. Maybe more more than likely because of budget, right? They weren't about to go shoot in Tokyo, but like. that that, yeah that's the only thing i can think of but I, i just hope they'd you know maybe they'd shoot like some other town and pretend it was tokyo or you know some other lover's lane with like a bunch of other couples or something like that but i guess that just you know spoilers that that doesn't really
1: happen the interesting cast for this episode features noriko masutami as the environmentally conscious Miki Watanabe. Misutani would also be featured in the main cast of the popular Tsuburaya production superhero series, Taro! Ultraman Number 6, as that agent Izumi Moriyami. Mickey's gruff but lovable uncle, Kohei Wada, is played by the late Hisao Tazai, better known to Japanese film fans around the world, as Boss Taco, from Shoichiku Studios' eternally popular Torasan film series. I've never even heard of those films, but I guess they're popular?
0: I guess so. I mean this is this is all of course factoids from August Ragone. So if anyone would know about all these yeah. tidbits and factoids it's going to be him. So but yeah there's there's often stuff in those factoids that I've never heard of. I mean we, you know you and I were familiar with like oh we we know what Ultraman Taro is, right? Yeah. But then some of this other stuff it's kind of like can you even like odds are it's not available it's probably not subtitled it's not even like there's probably not even a single episode of this on like Suburaya's YouTube channel or 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 you know uh, what is it Shochi Iku Studios like that is that on YouTube like who knows right like so back at Dark Headquarters Professor Gill asks if Rouge Jellyfish has perfected her mini poison jellyfish. Rouge Jellyfish responds in the affirmative and orders two dark android women to bring forward the two young couples she had captured from the previous night to use as test subjects. She triggers the mini white poison jellyfish to attack the couples using fluorescent light. The men and women scream in pain as the jellyfish affix to their faces and literally fade them from existence. So, um, I, I have to admit, this is this is kind of like watching George Reeves Superman flying. Like <laughs> you can you can see the strings on the goddamn jellyfish. Like I mean, there's no, you know, and 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 it. I mean. It, I, I, you know, I love this show, but I laugh my ass off when the the jellyfish like go on the guy's cheek and he's like, ah! you know, like like I was just like, come on, bro, like this is this is kind of funny. I,
1: I thought it was charming as soon as they started like. And, you know, glooping around in the air on their strings. I was like, oh, this is nice. <laughs> <laughs> like, ba-do, 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 yeah. ba-do.
0: it's like it's like low budget. It's low budget Akira, you know, with all the the bare parts and shit flying around and <laughs> whatever. It's like they can you imagine like somebody just makes like low budget Akira where like all that shit that Akira's like manipulating or whatever. It's all on strings and stuff. That'd be fucking hilarious.
1: <laughs> this episode marks the first official appearance of Dark Android Wind. The uniform versions of these drones came replete with black leotards, white triangular collars, and topped off with fishnet stockings. Of course, Chuck Taylors. The lady drones switched to pink leotards for the pink armadillo episode. So, yeah,
0: I guess this is, I guess this is quote unquote official or whatever, but there were those unofficial dark androids. Because I I was looking through my old notes and there was the, you know, our famous Rufu Golduwa, right? Like the... <laughs> The Gold Wolf episode, right, where there was the, the lady and she turned into a destructoid and then she had boobs. So I was like, well, it. I mean, official, unofficial, like, you know, tomato, tomato, whatever. Right. Like, I don't I don't know. But but I mean, I guess this is the first time they had like their own separate uniform. Right. This was it, it was like a female and then she was wearing a male destructoid outfit. And you could tell a female was in the male outfit, whereas these are the these. These ladies have their own outfits with sexy pantyhose and all that kind of stuff. So I guess I guess that was supposed to appease me in lieu of them going to Tokyo and having a bunch of bikini babes or bikini girls, as, as Jack and Eddie likes to say, you know, bikini girls. There were there are no bikini girls, but there were there were pantyhose, dark android ladies in this.
1: I'm also happy we get to say Garudu or Rufuwa again.
0: <laughs> it's a callback. <laughs> Professor Gill then asks Rouge Jellyfish how they will begin to market these weapons to foreign militaries. Rouge Jellyfish plans to quote unquote advertise by releasing the poison jellyfish at popular dating locations in Tokyo. Derek was really uh, hoping that they would do this too, but it just didn't fucking happen. (laughs) When the lights are dimmed for a romantic mood, this will trigger the jellyfish and display their destructive powers. Just then, the dark android Lady Drones report 30 of the jellyfish have been lost in the waters. Rue's jellyfish howls that the secret dark headquarters
1: could be traced back to them. The forgotten subplot of the dark raising capital through the sales of its daily technologies to unscrupulous foreign powers returns with the development of the fluorescent powered poison mini jellyfish mutations. Female Dark Destructoid Rouge Jellyfish was played by the Mishima Kenjaki's ever diligent Yukio Mihashi.
0: God I love that you do this because I couldn't do what you do. <laughs> As Hatori Hanpei drives over the same bridge Komoji was looking out over, Mitsuku and Masaru see their father picking up litter from the riverbank. Of course, Hattori's green VW bug stalls at a key moment, <laughs> causing a traffic jam on the bridge. Luckily, he doesn't, like, molest it to get it started again. And Mitsuku and Masaru leave his car to check if the man they saw out there is truly their father. When they finally make it down to the riverbank, they don't see Kamoji, but they find a group of kids who have encountered the poison white jellyfish that have escaped from dark headquarters. Just then, a squad of dark android ladies and rogue Rouge, see, I knew I was going to do it, Rouge jellyfish jump out of the river, determined to kill the children and retrieve the jellyfish. Luckily for the children, we hear the stringing of the cherry red guitar of justice. High above the bridge, we see Jiro playing his somber tunes. As Rouge Jellyfish curses Kakaida, Jiro leaps down to the riverbank to fight the dark agents of destruction. As Jiro battles, he tells Mitsuko to get Masaru and the other children away from the danger. Hatori shows up, but goes from opportunistic to coward at the drop of a dime, so Masaru quickly kicks him in the shin to get him to drive him and the other children away. However, one kid missed the escape Uber, and Jiro turns to Kikaida and places the last child in the sidecar to make his getaway. However, Kikaida is struck by Ru- Jellyfish's jellyfish sword, and the sidecar appears to spin out of control. Although it appears Kakaida quickly recovers from this attack and returns the child, Tadashi, to their father, Miki's uncle from earlier, as Jiro, it turns out as Jiro and the uncle talk, Tadashi had two of the jellyfish, which he then places in a fish tank. Patori, in his sailor outfit, woo, along with Misuku and Masaru, are overjoyed to see Jiro safe. They tell Jiro they saw their father by the riverbank. Meanwhile, Kamoji meets up with Miki, pointing out the smell of the river gets worse as it goes upstream, and may account for all the lovers that go there all the time, because other people don't go there, because it's stinky. When the two follow the smell to the building, they are surprised by a squad of Lady Dark Destructoids. Luckily, the indestructible Cherry Red Guitar of Justice is thrown into the group and Jiro leaps down into the shrubbery to defend them. So, yeah. I I feel like he's hit people with it yeah, before. I know that. So like I, I I don't know if he was like aiming at it to like you know knock somebody out, but it felt like it at least made them scatter. And I I'm I it's my headcanon that the guitar is like Superboy's cape. Like it just <laughs> doesn't it doesn't matter what you do to the guitar, you could like it's like the fooly cooly guitar or some shit like you could smash it in like galactus's mouth and it would break his tooth or some shit like cuz that's you know that that guitar like gets a lot of punishment and if it was a real guitar it would have been broken a long time ago so
1: you, sh- you should do a commission of jiro and um uh, haruko harahara from fooly cooly like playing guitars <laughs> together that'd be awesome man
0: yeah that'd be sweet
1: The fight scenes were largely staged at a fantastic and off-employed location, an abandoned apartment building project affectionately known as the Obake Mansion. This odd and fantastic location, located in the the Sitagaya Ward, was discovered by creative producer Toru Hirayama while producing Kamen Rider and was used in dozens of episodes of numerous series and movies. The Obake Mansion became a familiar fixture for tokusatsu fans watching their favorite television superheroes in the 70s. I thought it kind of looked familiar, but I, I I'm pretty sure I've seen this in early Kamen Rider and Super Sentai series.
0: Okay. It's weird cuz I, you know, sometimes you have that feeling where you you think you recognize a location. I, I don't know that I did, but I was trying to look hard for it since I had like copied down this fact
1: like,
0: but I don't I don't think I had any I don't know emotional recall or anything like that where I went, Oh yeah, like uh you know common writer like you know once drove his bike up this uh haunted <laughs> mansion or whatever you know whatever it is, right? A haunted condominium. So uh you know and it's funny too because like that the I don't know, it's weird. It it feels like Professor Gill should be there because he's part of the story but then it also kind of feels like gills off somewhere else maybe like or, or or I guess you get the idea like there's there's multiple dark headquarters and this is just one of the many dark headquarters because if they if they knew it was here like couldn't they just you know shut it down like I don't I don't know but then then it, you know it seems like there there must be multiple locations where they they have headquarters
1: yeah, I just assumed this was like the headquarters for like Rue Shellyfish and her I Wacky Doo project.
0: Because like, I guess it also would would make sense. Like, this is you know, quote unquote, the first time we're seeing the yeah. the official lady Destructoids or whatever. It's like, oh, they they were all stationed at this particular stinky river base or what? You know what I mean? Like that they they were they were hanging out there and and all these other headquarters we saw before. It's like, oh, they just happen to have all the the dude, androids, or whatever, right? Like so. Jiro tries to remind Komoji that he is his creator as he fights off the dark destructoids. He's trying to tell him while he's getting strangled and shit. And of course, Komoji gets spooked because they have to keep the goddamn plot of this whole entire series going. I, dude, like, this I was is just both... happy
1: he saw him and spoke to him. That was enough for me at this point. But, okay. But,
0: like, isn't isn't Komoji like fucking funny? Cause like, it's like. It's like somebody told him, dude, you owe your baby mama's money or some (laughs) shit. He gets this, like, look on his face, like, I gotta pay baby mama money? Like, woo! And he fucking turns and dis- like, motherfucker just dis- like, even- he's with- he's with Miki, like, you think he- he forged this friendship with this woman because she reminds him of his daughter who he's constantly running away from and and then the minute like any sense of responsibility comes back to like lift the cloud of his amnesia he's like bro i'm kakaida you made me you got responsibilities he all of a sudden he gets this look on his face like oh oh no responsibility i just want to randomly wander from town to town and pretend like i don't i i think this is all bullshit (laughs) he's just like i'm just gonna pretend i have amnesia because i don't (laughs) want to deal with this shit and he's like oh it's too early for me to deal with this shit he gets that that oh face and he fucking (laughs) and then he he just Dude, Kakita shows up, he's like, What where's Dr. Kamoji? And she's like, He's disappeared. I'm like, motherfucker just ran away and left the girl he made this relationship with. Like, he's like, oh, I'm gonna pick up trash with the, the friendly girl. It's like, but when it comes time for Dark Destructoids to nearly murder her, I'm just gonna run away. And like anyway, I thought that was funny. So, yeah. And then and then of course Jiro's like yelling out for him and we cut to like commercial break.
1: Hey Mike, have you heard about my new podcast? Oh, what's that? Oh, it's where you talk to people on your computer and then put it out on the internet. Yeah, yes, I know what a podcast is, Paul, but, but what's the show you're doing? Yeah, I'm going to talk to people on my computer and then put it out on the internet. And, and uh, what's this called? Uh, since it's a chat show and I really want to talk to interesting people about interesting things, I thought I'd call it something that was you know self-explanatory, like Dial F for Flanger. Right. Dial F for Flanger. Cool. Uh, I look forward to my guest spot. When are you going to have me on? Uh, um, yeah, uh, uh, I'll, I'll get back. Wow. Well, if you'd like to hear Paul chatting away on this Dial F for Flanger show, you can find it on the Waiting for Doom Network.
0: And, uh... So we, we come back from commercial break. Tadashi shows off these poison jellyfish he captured to Hatari, Mitsuko, and Masaru, commenting that unlike any other jellyfish he has ever seen, they are content in polluted waters. Environmental commentary! When Tadashi's uncle requests a light to see within the murky polluted water, the jellyfish go into attack mode. When the only guy with a brain arrives, that's Jiro, by the way, he tells the uncle to turn off the fucking light, right? Like, because he knows that's what's triggering these jellyfish. So the jellyfish collapse, and then when Miki and her family go off to tell the town, Mitsuko and Masaru press Jiro about his recent injury from the jellyfish sword and it turns out he was more damaged than we were led to believe this leads to some exchange of dialogue about how he's embarrassed about being a robot in front of Mitsuku and you kind of get the idea she's going to help repair this damage but they don't they don't dwell on it too much like what did you i mean okay. was this something you 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 liked that they were exploring or what, what did you think they kind of only gave you a little like was it only a little bit but not enough to wet your appetite like
1: it was enough to wet my appetite but Jiro's reaction when Mitsuko says she would do anything for him like he just stares at her like he's a brainless zombie with no expression and I was just like <laughs> what I was like what is this what does this look like he's just you may as well told Maybe. him like he's from like the moon or something he's just like stare forward no expression i was just like what, what? Maybe, maybe, okay. the,
0: maybe maybe that's the not while masaru's here look
1: i guess so i mean <laughs> i mean if this was the animation like they probably would have banged again after she said that right yeah. <laughs> but he's yeah, yeah. just like stare forward no expression and i was like okay but all the other stuff about you know like oh let me see your injury no and you know like oh maybe he doesn't want to you know remind you that he's uh, not human i was like okay I, I liked where that scene was going. I liked all that. I liked the dialogue. And, you know, me I always like seeing the bits and pieces of his body we get to see, whether it's like, you know, he's got a hole in his stomach and we get to see, like, whatever, you know, alarm clock they disassembled and put in there. Like, I'm always interested in that. And all these personal interactions where you get some, some quiet time dialogue to try and, you know, bring something out of the characters. I, I'm always for that, but just his... His expression, his facial expression. I you was know, just like, dude, what? I don't know. Maybe he, he, maybe he just wanted to be stoic, or just like he just didn't care to answer her at the time. He didn't want, to like, well, he didn't want to then, show her then, his cards. I guess, like, I don't I know. Guess
0: maybe that's part of this whole. His conscience circuit is incomplete. Like, yeah, I maybe, guess so. Maybe, maybe he, he, he didn't know how to
1: react. He
0: can't react the yeah. way. Okay supposed to right because it's like i mean the conscious circuit is not like data's emotion ship but maybe there's (laughs) there's some there's some portion of that where where he can't quite you know be at full capacity as far as as reception of of a you know a kind of declarative statement like that i guess i mean i i kind of thought it was funny because like you know Jellyfish, like, nails him with that spear or sword or whatever, right? And uh, and and it's like, for a minute, it's like him and the little kid in the sidecar are, like, spir- spiraling to their doom. And then it's like, all of a sudden, it's just like, nope, just kidding. And he writes the sidecar, and they just keep flying off. And I was like, well, that's... W- was that supposed to be serious or not serious? Like, I wasn't sure if they were going to, like, really go into that. And it's like, but p- part of me was kind of hoping that, you know... It would be a lot more serious, and it only seems like it was like, it it was serious, but not serious enough to like put the brakes on the plot. If that makes any sense. Yeah.
1: And also, when it when he got hit, when it showed like that close up, I just kind of assumed he got hit in the back, not in the arm. Uh, did you did did that come across to you then Yeah, way?
0: yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I I see what you're like. That's why, if he got hit in the back, you'd think like, oh, this is this could be a much more I don't know, for for lack of a better term, fatal blow, right? Whereas the then then because they wanted the plot to keep moving, it's like no, no, I, I I just got grazed, I'm fine, like like I'll be fine, like that kind of thing. And it's like oh, let me look at that, like that that's kind of the equivalent. Like if he wasn't an android, it's like in in the in the movie serials of the forties, it would look like to you, he got shot in the back. And then the next chapter, it's like, Oh no, he just grazed me in the shoulder. And it's like, well, let me, let me put a bandage on that. Oh no, I'm stoic. Like I'm fine. Like you don't, you don't need to do anything. Uh, uh, female person. Like, you know, I am too, too manly for that. Like go away with your bandage. You know, like that, that's kind of the, the vibe you get. Tadashi and Miki end up going missing after returning to the building Jiro specifically fucking tells them to stay away from like he says don't go there don't don't do anything and what do they do he brings his little fucking pot sticker jellyfish fucking things and he's like we're just gonna we're gonna tell him what's what we're gonna tell the owner of the building to stop making the river stinky like they don't know that they're doing it anyway Luckily, Jiro comes to their rescue, fighting off the Lady Dark Destructoids and Rouge Jellyfish. But then, Professor Gill begins to play that damnable fucking devil flute as Rouge Jellyfish strangles Jiro with her tentacles. Thankfully, I guess, Tadashi gets the idea <laughs> to throw the poison jellyfish, and the poison jellyfish attach... To Jiro's ears like they're Princess Leia's fucking like cinnamon bundles <laughs> or some shit. And they blocked the sound of the <laughs> devil flute music. What?
1: Yeah. <laughs> what? I was sitting there watching what? it and I was like I was like, okay, how's he gonna block it out this? Uh okay. <laughs> I guess that works. What? Uh yeah. I mean okay. they're
0: jellyfish earmuffs like that's that's how he
1: did it he i mean we did it with jellyfish we've had, we've had some wacky situations where they block out the music and we're like okay this is a stretch like this, this is the biggest stretch i was just like oh oh i mean okay
0: i mean earmuffs like earmuffs work right but then, yeah but jellyfish but then like, earmuffs. jellyfish earmuffs and like aren't they supposed to only move Like when they have fluorescent light, but then for some reason, in this case, they they magically knew exactly to go on Jiro's ears when Tadashi throws them. Like, I don't, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know. So because of this, of course, Jiro does his three, two, one, change into Kikaida and starts running down the dark folks with his sidecar. He doesn't care that they're ladies. He's like, (laughs) get the fuck out of my way. Eventually Jiro performs what's known as a quote unquote spinning anchor on Ruse Jellyfish and begins to give her a vicious beat down. He doesn't care that she's a chick either. He's like, yeah. You are going down. See, it's it's uh it's it he, he views women as equal to him, so he can beat the fuck out of them. Um Ruse jellyfish <laughs> retreats to the polluted waters and Kakita breaks free of her patented jellyfish smoke attack by using the Super clean attack. The two wrestle atop a dam, and Kakita does the double-chop, giant swing, the electric, and to finish off rogue jellyfish once and for all.
1: Super clean was also a what-the-fuck moment, and then I was like, well, can't he just, like, super clean the whole river if it's that big of a problem? I mean... (laughs)
0: oh see this is this is this is like when when my buddy was like "Why well, can't the flash just read every book on cancer and cure it you know and i'm just kind of like it doesn't doesn't work that way see the power of myth Justin.
1: <laughs> oh it's like portrait ron <laughs> <sighs> names his spinning attack move for the first time he originally used this maneuver on Pink Tiger in episode 13. Kakita also avoids the jellyfish ink pollution attack with the ridiculously named hand maneuver called the Super Clean. There are some things that just don't translate into English very well. See, e- even yep.
0: August Ragone, <laughs> yeah. You're, you're yeah. in good company. Okay. You, you, guys, you guys are in sync on this yeah so i mean basically then we we close up with some more environmental commentary from the uncle miki and Tadashi about the polluted river and then jiro of course rides off solo and next up is gonna be red hornet so that's that's you know that's the episode i mean i i had fun watching it i always have fun watching these you know of course there's some things you know some some of these episodes they're more they're more ridiculous than others this this leans more towards the ridiculous. I mean, I, I do think it's interesting that they they tried to have sort of the the female-themed villains in this episode. Like, this is... Uh, I'm not saying there haven't been female villains before, but this is... I mean, this seems to be more of a, you know, a wider birth or spread or... You know what I mean? Like, the, the, the soldiers were females, the head, the head, uh, a dark destructoid, kaiju, whatever was a female you know i mean the the only bad guy that really wasn't a female was was uh professor gill so that i thought was an interesting twist like something new that they brought to the table the the only thing like i said that i really wish they would have done is focus more on her twisted kind of i don't know head trip her psychosis you know that she she hated couples. Like I, I wish there was more with that. Like I I really do wish they had a big enough budget where they could either go to Tokyo or do like the fake Mothra Tokyo of like the you know the little models and shit and like be like we're gonna we're gonna spread like thousands of fucking jellyfish on all these loving couples these these fucking loving couples I hate them they all need to die you know like like I wish there was something like that and then you could see like you know the the couples and they could you know like I said it could be fun you could have someone you know, the bikinis and they could be in the swimming pools or they could be riding in the fucking Ferris wheels or, 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 or in horse carriages and doing little kissy face and all that, you know what I mean? Like you could do all this cool shit and then, and then can you imagine like the hilarity, like they're in a fucking horse carriage, they're trying to do kissy face and these fucking white jellyfish with strings come and attack them (laughs) in the fucking horse carriage. Like how fucking cool would that have been? Like, that's the one thing that I wish... There could have been more of where the and imagine the little fucking string jellyfish. It's like girls in bikinis in the fucking swimming pool being chased by fucking strings of je- like see that. I don't know. That would have been fucking awesome. Like it'd be like Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, but like with with the fucking string jellyfish. Like that would have been fucking awesome. But you know, that that I think is a missed
1: opportunity right there. That makes me think. Have you ever seen that blooper from the uh Star Trek episode Operation Annihilate where like Jeez. the little. The, the little petty looking thing mm-hmm. like flies and smacks literally nemo on the ass and he's like, hey, yes, <laughs> yes. Like that's that's, that's kind of like what you're conjuring up now only with like, you know, nice Japanese ladies.
0: Right, right. Well, I mean, and who knows? Maybe maybe there are some awesome outtakes that we just don't have access to. Right? <laughs> like maybe, maybe there is some cool, awesome outtake, like where, you know, the, guy, the, guy, the guy's trying to act like he's screaming in agony, but then they, like, start cracking up on the set instead of, like, fading away. It's just the Japanese guy, like, laughing or whatever because of how ridiculous it all is, you know? Like the, there's, there's probably something like that that just is lost to the, the annals of time or something
1: even though i wasn't crazy about the design for rouge jellyfish i did like the episode a whole lot And super clean and the uh jellyfish <laughs> headphones like that was wacky doodle but i i was into the episode it seemed like it was like over before before i even like yeah. I was like wait yeah. this is this is over i was like oh okay well i guess that's just uh, a sign of how well i was into it and like i said even though Komuchi like Got scared and ran away like a whip puppy. Like, at least, at least Jiro saw him and spoke yeah. to him. Like, yeah. I was just like, Oh, he talked to him. Like, that's how that was my reaction. I was like, Oh, there was progress, right? Like, yeah, they, even if it was like minuscule, like, I'm like, right. You can't see me, but I'm like, It was like this much progress, but at least it was a little bit. <laughs> I feel like
0: when you say that you can't see me i got this vision of Kamoji like putting his hands in front of kajiro's eyes or something like don't see me or whatever but like the 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 other thing i think was that you know i i think part of the reason why you probably got engaged in this is while it followed some of the standardized tropes the the mathematical precision which with which, with you know, television and/or movies are written. Like they, they did, kind of skip over. Like you know, when when Kakita's saving Tadashi, right? Like they they, they don't do a whole three-two-one change sequence that's just repeated, right? Because because they have more story to tell and/or shoot, right? So they just kind of have them go change, and he changes, right? Whereas I think if they were lacking in story, you you would have more of those stock. Yeah. You know, change sequences and and more of those stock like electric end like giant swing you know double chop and shit like that like there would be more of that if they didn't have more story to tell so I mean that that's probably another positive right that they that this is something that was a little more rich than than some of the other episodes in terms of of story beats and points that they they not only wanted to tell but they they obviously took more time to to shoot those right it wasn't like they were lacking minutes they they had more than they needed if you if, if you actually inserted some of that extra stock footage for changes right then it would have gone over so all right i i think that's it right like we're we're pretty good on this yep. right okay so yeah so if you guys have any other comments questions and or concerns if you if you're like man he really beat the fuck out of rouge jellyfish like uh uh Uh, A male android shouldn't be doing that kind of thing. You can send us angry, angry emails at fanholspodcast at gmail.com. If you want to check out the backlog of episodes of Toku Thursdays, you can check them out over on the fanholspodcast.blogspot.com. You can direct download all the episodes there. Or if you like, you can find us on all kinds of streaming. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, and Amazon Music. So you can stream us there. And we can be found on all kinds of social media. We're on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And we appreciate all the hearts, shares, likes and retweets that we receive. You know who I miss, Justin? I miss the guy who was Starfish Hitler on Facebook because I was looking (laughs) through my memories and there was that that thing that I screenshotted a long time ago where we did the one Toku Thursday's episode that had Starfish Hitler and Starfish Hitler commented on the Starfish Hitler podcast episode and he said oh it me and i (laughs) i i missed that so much like i i think he changed his name to something else because it probably got too hairy for him because i think back then it was like what 2014 or something so now of course i'm sure everybody would go crazy if you had a profile on facebook with the name hitler in it so he probably got a lot of a lot of uh pushback on that but i i i will say i'm i'm sad and i miss i miss starfish hitler
1: in the long ago innocent days
0: of 2014 yeah yeah so but uh we we love you starfish hitler <laughs> <laughs> so if, if i'm not canceled already <laughs> i'm sure i'll be canceled now for saying i love starfish hitler and uh this is gonna be derek derek wc signing
1: off change and this is justin signing off dan end I like this week's what if yeah it was. It was okay. i i wish i wish the marvel zombies episode had been done like that just you know not a whole lot of humor and just a really small mm. cast of characters
0: just yeah and, and and they didn't yeah it wasn't like they had to make a a fucking joke every five minutes while Ultron was eating people's <laughs> brains or whatever yeah. I'm, I'm
1: Clint Barton, my whole family's dead isn't it great, Here's your Ultron survival guide whoa I'm Clint Barton, my whole family's dead but
0: I slipped on a Snickers bar
1: <laughs> I
0: slipped on the pickle juice that came out of the pickle boxes who the fuck puts pickles in boxes in these multiverses I don't know what is going on Yeah.